0: Welcome to Consulting Mastery, where we help B2B consultants master the business of consulting. I'm Carrie,
1: And I'm Ahmed. Join us as we explore the art of delivering outstanding client value, earning a higher income, and thriving in today's marketplace.
0: So what do you think is a big opportunity that consultants miss when it comes to promoting their business?
1: The hardest thing about selling consulting professional services is that it's intangible. And selling something so intangible as advice or expertise or a service is tricky because it's hard for the client on their own accord left to their own devices to take your intangible thing and then impute a, an outcome or, or a result from it. And there's a lot that we could talk about there in terms of how to frame your offer around results. Obviously, a big part of what we do inside 90 Day Pipeline is we help clients develop a results mechanism, not a service, right? Not a deliverable, um, not a methodology, but a mechanism by which results are achieved. And the articulation of that is very important. At the end of the day, how are they going to (laughs) know? How do you prove That it works, and the only form of proof that we as human beings respond favorably to is social proof. Right? If you haven't read Robert Cialdini's book, what's it called? Trust something or other. It's famous book. (laughs) Rather. I know, I know the author Cialdini's name more than I know the name of the book, but um, I'm going to look it up right now. Influence, the psychology of persuasion, Robert Cialdini. And if you want a masterclass in marketing, read that book. And he goes through, I believe, seven factors that influence persuasion. And one of them is social proof. Think back to any purchase that you have made. I don't care what it is, big, small right? From a car to a consultant to, you know, uh, vitamin D on Amazon, right? Like we look at, we look at reviews, we pay attention to reviews, we pay attention to social proof. When somebody's had a good experience with something, we are more favorable towards that thing. And when they've had a negative experience, we are more cautionary towards it. It's human nature. So the challenges uh, that many consultants face is, and it's kind of tragic to be honest. I mean, we talk to people who have been consulting for 10, 15, 20 years sometimes. And then and they'll come to us for help and then we'll ask, well, do you have any case studies? And go well, yeah, clients have gotten some good results. Yeah, but like do you have any case studies, right? Like, where's the evidence and the proof of the results? And it's, it's non-existent. And to me, that's a gigantic wasted opportunity because I get that you as a consultant have seen some results and can speak to them. But if you can't prove it to me as a prospect, I mean, I'm not gonna take your word for it, am I?
0: (laughs) So you made a bit of a jump there and I want to slow things down, back up a little bit, because you talked about social proof, and then you you went to case studies. And I just want to talk about that, because I think the notion of social proof is sometimes a little bit scary, and consultants sometimes brush it off, because, you know, the response is, well, there's no Yelp for consulting professional services, right? There's no place that you go. And, you know, quite frankly, just Googling somebody and, and, you know, as you would if you were trying to buy a new television, you know, Samsung blah, blah, blah review isn't going to get you what you need. So what we're talking about here for sophisticated markets, dealing with, the, you know, the kind of expert consultants that we talk to every day is a different thing than I think what a lot of people think about when we think about social proof, right? A bunch of stars on the, you know, the Yelp or the you know, whatever the, the, um, the rating site is. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it's good that that doesn't exist because those things are, you know, rife for all sorts of chaos and, and, you know, bizarre behaviors. And, you know, we've all sort of seen that and there, it takes a particular um, way of thinking to, to weave your way through that information in a way that gets you the data that you need. But what's unfortunate about it is that there's no easy place for people to go to find information about you.
1: Yeah and and I'm using social proof in the in the broadest sense right just proof from other human beings that there's a that that perspectives from other human beings which yeah to your point in a consumer world is largely you know the star rating on Amazon and some qualitative you know commentary or on Google reviews and what have you but for a consultancy ought to come down to two things case studies that is documented results Featuring direct perspectives from the client. Now, modality wise, that could be a PDF with quotes and some data. That could be a video interview. That could be anything, right? But something where we document results and there's, you know, it's coming from the horse's mouth, so to speak, right? The client's reporting on the results. And or, and they're they're, different, but they're not mutually exclusive, testimonials, about the work that was done together. To me, the distinction between, and this is fairly unofficial, right? The distinction between a testimonial and a case study is a testimonial may or may not include hard results and outcomes. It may be about the experience and um, how we enjoyed working together and what we got out of it that was more intangible, et cetera. Um, We could debate that distinction. But yeah, certainly that's what's going to be key for a consultant is documented case studies and testimonials where the client who's been impacted by the work can speak to the effects and the results and the outcomes and the experience of working with you. Way too many consultants are relying on their prospective clients to just believe them. And, it, and some of them are listening right now and thinking, well, why don't they believe me? <laughs> it, it don't feel bad. It's not like they think you're a liar it's just that the market is very skeptical. And and I find that this is particularly uh, a challenge for people who, you know, we we deal with this all the time, Carrie, who are coming from a, uh, a heavy referral, word of mouth driven business model, right? They've only worked with people that know, like, and trust them. And so if I've had direct experience with you, or I've been introduced to you by somebody who i no like and trust, yeah, then I'm probably gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, right? There's there's some social capital there being exchanged, right? There is some social proof. The social proof is either I've worked with you or somebody who I know like and trust has essentially validated or vouched for you.
0: Well, and I think that's you absolutely
1: that, you have to provide it.
0: Yeah. And I would say that's absolutely true of folks who have been in that referral heavy space. Also, so many consultants come from a corporate background. And as much as yes, in some ways, you need to highlight your accomplishments and, you know, help the business see what it is that you bring to the table. It's not a skill that a lot of people pull together, right? You're used to, because they're inside the confines of this particular structure, you're used to the results of what you're doing being apparent to everybody. And so there are a lot of hurdles, whether that's your background, whether you've been a consultant for a while, but you've had this, you know, the the, the joy and, and good luck of having referrals and people come to you and, you know, people to connect you to other people. And this is almost like anything, right? The, the time to collect that, you know, that, that, portfolio of case studies, that portfolio of proof is before you need it. (laughs) So, um, you know, I think one point I want to say is if you're out there doing good work and you feel like you're kind of busy enough, don't think that you don't need to also document this stuff or have this documented by your clients, because there will be a day where it's going to be the make or break, the thing that has someone else work with you or has them not work with you. And so, you know, I think the best practice for everybody, quite frankly, is to pay attention to each engagement that you're part of, you know, from the beginning, socialize that this is something that you want to document. And yes, you're doing that for you. But honestly, that also is a real driver for your client, right? I'm working with Ahmed and he says that I'm going to be a case study because we're going to do all of this work together. That's going to make me sit up, take notice and do the things I need to do. So, you know, it has benefits outside of just you ending up with the, the collateral that you need at the other end.
1: And ultimately you're not doing it for you. Right. So people look at our testimonial page, which at this stage has, I don't know, a couple of hundred case studies and video testimonials of so clients directly speaking to their direct experience working with us and the results that they got. And when we ask people to give these testimonials, the, the message isn't, hey, we really would like you to do this because we need it. No, it's not the best ask, right? The ask is, can you share your experience so that people who are coming behind you can learn and benefit from your experience and make the right decision for themselves. Can you, in other words, pay it forward, right? Because people come to work with us and obviously there, there's a little bit of hesitation and an, uh, you know, an uncertainty as to what to expect on day one when you haven't done the thing. And then you do the thing and now you have the benefit of experience and you understand what you did and what you went through and what you achieved. And you're a whole lot more confident in what you've accomplished and you kind of wish that, you know, what what we hear from people all the time is, well, I wish I knew now what I, on day one, (laughs) would have come into this with a lot more gusto, right? Well, you can pay that forward by sharing and documenting that experience for people that are coming behind you. So it's really not, you know, as the consultant, if you're listening to this, it's, it's really not for you. You are a beneficiary of this, but it's for your future prospective clients because they're going to feel far more comfortable hearing from folks who are like them, i.e. not you, who have worked with you and have had a good experience and gotten great results than just taking your word for it. And the more that you provide that, the more clients are going to be willing to work with you. And assuming that you believe that the work that you do is worthwhile and that clients are well-served and better off working with you, you're benefiting the entire marketplace, not just yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great frame. And the way I see it, there are two things that trip people up here. The first is getting them, right? Getting those testimonials. So let's talk about that for a moment. All the things that you just said are super important. I think framing it early on in the engagement isn't important. You want to have this conversation, you know, at the moment when things are going well, right? When people are gaining the benefit. And that doesn't always happen at a a scheduled point in their work with you. They could feel that they have this brilliant breakthrough in month two of a six-month engagement. And that's the thing you want to capture, right? So framing around why you're asking for it, you know, setting the stage so that people understand that it's coming and they, you know, they're ready. And, and we often have clients that come to us, right? And they'll say, this great thing that I just happened. <laughs> you know, I would love everyone to know this because I think it's, you know, a really important uh, testament to what happens here. The other piece of the getting of the, the testimonial or the case study or the proof that I think is challenging is just stepping over the line to ask the question. And there's a, there's a certain mindset here, right? And I think part of it is exactly what you talked about, which is, or we talked about earlier, which is the notion of, well, I do good work. Of course, people should just notice, right? There's, even if you don't actually believe that in the front of your mind, in the back of your mind, I think a lot of us just believe that that's the case. We're good people. We do good work. Of course, that should shine through. Um, and then the second is the, the purely tactical, problem of asking the question.
1: If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did a tree fall in the forest? If you did great work for a client and nobody knows about it, did you do great work? I mean, you may know that and they may know that, but nobody else is going to know that for sure. There was some interesting data that came out of uh, one of the Hinge marketing studies, and I don't remember the exact data. This is years ago, and I can't imagine it's any different today, where they looked at referral sources. And, you know, I think we have a lot of preconceived notions about referrals. People assume that referrals only come from clients who have had a direct experience working with you. So I've worked with you and I had a good experience and then I refer you to other clients. Yes, that's absolutely a source of referrals. You can call that direct referrals. And then you have indirect referrals. Indirect referrals come from folks who have had no direct experience working with you, but know who you are. They understand your value proposition. They've seen some marketing material. They've seen some case studies and some results and things like that. And what the folks at Hinge found was that, I I hope I'm not misquoting the study, but a significant number of referrals for the average professional services firm were coming from these indirect sources. And I think it was actually greater than the direct sources. So, you know, to a certain extent, it's true. If you do good work, people will find out. But you're going to, Do yourself a favor in amplifying that message by making it easier for people to find out. If you're just relying on that one client you did good work with to tell all of their friends how many of them are relevant to begin with, right? then that's fairly limited. But if you're packaging up that experience and telling the story to the market, more people are going to find out. So I don't think it's, there's no conflict there. It's not, you're right. If you do good work, people, people will find out and they will find out in higher volumes if you tell the story effectively and share it.
0: Absolutely. And so the next challenge is once you have gotten over the hump of getting the proof, right? Of recording the testimonial, of getting the written quote, of creating your PDF, whatever it is, the other thing that is fascinating is we do have folks who have a collection of those. Now the challenge is getting it into the hands or in front of the eyes of your prospect, of your potential client. And when, when I talk to consultants who are struggling with this, there's this feeling that it's, I don't know, there's this, this hesitancy to be showy, right? Or salesy or pushy and i think that's really interesting especially in the context of of what we're talking about right which is providing them with the proof they need to make the decision that you know is going to support them right is going to support their business is going to solve the problem that's keeping them awake all night every night but there is still i think something there that's worth calling out because if you're feeling it you got to look at it the concern around actually Having the conversations about your case studies, about you know, providing that PDF, about in whatever way you're going to do it, showing the folks that you're talking to this really important social proof that you've gathered.
1: I, I think what happens in those circumstances is if I show them these results, they're going to expect the same, right? So it's almost like you can hide behind if you don't if you don't have case studies. You can hide behind that, and then if things don't go well, this is where like your self doubt can really run amok, right? And then if things don't go well, it's like, well, I never said they'd go well. Right? <laughs> like, in fairness, I didn't actually show you any proof that this would work out, so. Surprise, surprise, it didn't work out. You've already got a built-in excuse, right? If you start flaunting case studies, yeah, we have this problem, right? We have some fantastic clients that have gotten some fantastic results. And we're not shy (laughs) about propagating those case studies and sharing those results. Now, you know, asterisk applies, right? Like you may not get these results, These people were very smart. They executed. They did well, yada, 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 right? But we're fundamentally comfortable putting those front and center and saying, here's what's possible if you do this well. And does it make us uncomfortable in that we're we're creating expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Are we going to not share those and not give people a sense of what's possible? No, because that's what's best for them. And we're okay with the discomfort of just, having to live up to those expectations. If that's what's required for the client to level up the alternative, no expectation of results, no real belief coming in. I mean, first of all, you're not going to charge as much for that engagement. You know, I don't have hard data on this, but the consultant with 10 proven case studies versus the consultant with zero, they don't charge the same amount. All things considered. Right. The case study consultants charging a whole lot more money because the belief that comes with the case studies is worthy of a premium price point.
0: And I want to just wrap with one thing that might also be helpful. So if you're still struggling with this, because the thing that usually stops people from getting the case study is not good work, right? It is all of this mental mindset stuff that we're talking about. It's the the blocks that you throw up in front of your own progress. Getting a case study from somebody, asking them to relate back to you what they got out of working with you also reminds them of what they've accomplished, what you've accomplished together, what you have brought to the table. And if nothing else, right, you want your clients to be crystal clear about what they're walking away from their time with you having gained. And so... At the very base of all this, before you decide that you're going to, you know, take it out into the world and put it in front of your prospects, also know that having them have to, you know, think back a couple of months and relate where they were and explain where they are now and and really articulate how things have changed for them, that also cements for them and clarifies for them everything that's been accomplished during the time that you've been together. and. You know, that in and of itself, huge win, because people forget, right? They forget the details. They forget what happened, you know, last week, because things look slightly different this week. That in and of itself is, in my opinion, a reason to collect, you know, an experience log review from everyone that you come across and work with.
1: One thing I'll disagree with you on, though, is, is you said that uh, the challenge is not that you're not doing good work. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, tough pill to swallow for some people, maybe, but the problem may be that you're not doing good work and they're not getting results. It's possible. Uh, I think you have consultants who are, for lack of a better term, you have customer-centric consultants and you have self-centered consultants. And I've just seen a lot of self centered consultants who think they're, you know, can I go on a rant? Is that okay? Are we allowed to rent? Sure.
0: sure. Yeah. It also sounds like a great topic for a, a full conversation another day.
1: Maybe, maybe it is. Uh, I've just come across a lot of self centered consultants who think they're God's gift to the world because they've got decades of experience in X, Y, and Z and they're the world's foremost expert and they've got a leading podcast or a self published book on Kindle, right? Um, who, Provide advice, certainly, but the advice is very, very much one sided kind of ivory tower, idealistic, and they're not able to meet clients where they're at and actually help the client operationalize the advice. And when the client can't get results, they kind of just say, oh, well, they couldn't execute or they couldn't do this or they couldn't do the other. Um, And those kind of consultants, maybe smart, have expertise, intelligent, typically don't have very many case studies. And then on the flip side, you have consultants who uh, are able – and this is a skill. It's a skill. They're able to meet the client where they're at and actually help the client operationalize the advice and actualize the advice and then see it through to get results. Um, And there's a skill set that comes with that that maybe is a topic for another episode. But I think it's really important. It's not just about knowing what you're doing. It's about knowing how to help the client operationalize your advice and get results.
0: So the real question here, I guess, is are you the kind of consultant who, for whom social proof is, you know, easily collectible because of the work you do? And is that the kind of consultant that you want to be?